queen of the dam, though. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start recording. Queen of the dam. Vampire movie all, right off the bat, right out of the gate. This is now the queen of the dam podcast. <laughs> the vampire. Oh, that was the Aaliyah one, right? Like right before she died. Yeah. Oh, God. Like right before. Was who? With the, with the horrible with the horrible John Davis lip syncing. Yes. Remember? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was not a great movie. There were had, no, like, it had so much potential though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean not a lot of vampire movies were like that. The, the whole idea of like a vampire, an ancient vampire who loved classic classical music discovering modern day music is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But for sure. Did they do it right? <laughs> Nay. They did. <laughs> they didn't. They just didn't. You know what they should have done with Queen of the Damned? They should have had Phil Phil Collins should have played the vampire Lestat, and that would have been amazing. <laughs> Slowly feel the ground below your feet now. Something like that. <laughs> Two worlds. I mean, he could have written the entire soundtrack, and it would have been great. He, he really could have. Yeah. The lip syncing would have been so much worse, though, if they didn't cast him. Oh, like, it would sure. have been that much worse. Sure. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I like how we jokingly segued into Queen of the Dam, and now we're having a full-on conversation. <laughs> well, I, I can always any shortcomings of not hiring Phil. Yeah. Oh God. Oh man. Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I, lip syncing is one is really bad. You you know what's really bad? Fake guitar playing. Mm. It's never right. Why? Why? It's not that hard. Is it? You teach them. Just three chords, even far. You know what it is. You know, no, no. You know what it is. It's 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 not the musician's fault in the scene. Right. The the director goes, just play something, right? <laughs> and the musician's like, okay, I'm gonna play like you know D into G. So just play. Make sure you have that going in the background when the sound. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. Sound engineers like stop this. Yeah, I think that's a F. <laughs> He's just putting in. I, like there, I've seen I've seen so many movies where people are supposed to be playing guitar and it's just like they're basically holding on one note like this mm-hmm. and just doing this. And making the face and the most awkward strumming. By oh the way. yeah, it's like course. it's just like the worst. Like I don't even think I strummed it the first time I ever strummed a guitar. <laughs> just like that. They, they somehow found a guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they. You'd think with the the type of actors who put like are like Daniel Day Lewis and like Joaquin Phoenix, like the the method actors who get into their Christian Bale craziness <laughs> when they get into a role. Why can't they just find one of those to be a musician? <laughs> you know like it's never that person i learned i learned every note yeah it's i learned every note i actually can play anything even notes that the human brain can't even comprehend i beat the devil <laughs> i beat the devil <laughs> so, the devil came how is the devil how is he losing fiddle contests to children that's what i want to know that's, I just, that's very I just true no it's very true i you he's think- not very good at the fiddle Okay, let's be fair though. He has other things to focus on. Johnny probably had no other hobbies, right? Like I'm imagining. The devil's eternal, man. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Like he would put his ten thousand hours in just in like a year, if that. Just because he's. He didn't need the soul right then and there. If Johnny's competition was. He could have been like, I'll be back when you're eighty and your your fingers can't move. It's like the hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if it was just. You know, like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z, he'd be like, disappear, I'm, I'm gone. But it's like, you know, two days Johnny's time, two yeah, years devil time. Devil time. He comes back and he's like, like can you imagine just no fingers being in the chamber? Just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hands are just in like these portals. Like, 
Yeah, you can't see it, but my hands are transcending time and space and learning how to play, learning this how to play. while you're while you're wrecking me on your solo. To be fair, it worked in Bill and Ted. It worked in Bill and Ted. They were like, "Let's go in the future when we do know how to play, dude." And they came back with like <laughs> beards and babies, and they were just like playing the music at the at the Battle of the Bands. That's pretty yeah, much true. That so the devil could totally get away with anything like that. He could have <laughs> at any point just been like. I'll be right back, Johnny. That was pretty good, but hang on. Yeah. Oh, what is this podcast called again? Hey! <laughs> we have issues. We summoned on the intro. Hi! Hey, yo, let's do the intro. <laughs> welcome to episode three of We Have Issues with Stephen Todd and this guy. Yo, yo. <laughs> Anthony and Stephen here for with We Have Issues talking about vampires. Right out of the Sorry gate. Sorry about the... Sorry about the 10 minute conversation about vampires, Phil Collins, and the devil in the devil Georgia. In Sorry about Georgia. I, I feel like the devil spends a lot of time in Georgia, but whatever. I mean, have you been there? <laughs> yeah. I was kidding. Sorry, Georgians. Sorry, yeah. Nothing. I'm from Florida, Actually, so I mean, we got Florida men, you know. Yeah. I Honestly, the only I've only been to Georgia twice, and both times I was pleasantly surprised, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was like, one of my. I, my my youngest memory of Georgia is uh, whenever we would drive to Pennsylvania, we you cut through, and I think it's Savannah. I don't know. There's a town we drive through. Where it's like, all right, kids, get ready. It smells here, and like, yeah, like legit, you would just drive through this town, and it would just it would just smell like horrible eggs. So like that was like my first memory of Georgia was the state stinks. Like this, the whole state, it's it's just bad. Throw it away. But as I I I've been there since. As I grew like, older, I learned yeah. to love the smell. <laughs> I, got used I to now it. love eggs and Georgia. <laughs> no, I've been like North Georgia, Atlanta, things like that now. Yeah. So now I know it's, you know, not the egg town that I used to drive through when I was a child. Are you saying it's not exactly as you remember? <laughs> it is not exactly as I remember. It really scrambled my brain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> No, we can't do I'm it. Not, I'm not, a fan, I'm not learned, really a fan of puns anyway. Yeah, it's like I've my learned, least favorite. I, yeah, I've learned on Facebook that people love to hate on puns. I think they secretly love them, but they love to hate on them. So let's just... I feel like how puns work is the person that comes up with it gets that little... Yeah. In their yeah, heart when they think of it. It's and that's the only person that's benefiting from that it, pun. That's it. <laughs> I think that's why I do it sometimes on Facebook or I'm like... <laughs> It's for yourself. It is. It has to be. I don't really know what else to do on Facebook, to be honest with you. Like, I, I feel like there's, like, some social media is beneficial for, like, trying to advertise art and that kind of thing. Or, like, you know, if you go on Instagram, you're like, I want people to see the things I'm drawing or making or, mm-hmm. you know, pictures. I don't really know what Facebook is. I haven't learned. Because, like, when I first got it, I was, I was like, oh, I can keep in touch with my family and, you know, that kind of thing. But no one posts about themselves anymore. People just kind of post like either social stuff or random memes that have nothing to do with what they're doing in life. So. And the people that post social stuff too, it's not even their post. It's like a share. Most like, of the time. Uh, yeah, a lot of the time, especially recently, I've been seeing a lot of um, Twitter shares on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I thought I went to Twitter for Twitter and now mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook for Reddit, Twitter. Reddit's the same way though. Like I, yeah. when I'm on Reddit, like it's always just tweets and Instagram posts. Like yeah. just... Yes, yeah, so, I don't know. I like I've never felt comfortable or really like I've never felt like I understood the purpose of Facebook or social media in general, with the exception of like the 
Like, like <laughs> look at this thing I did. Like, I made a, I made this joke today, you know? And then, and then all commenters are always just someone that can one-up the situation. Well, that's the only time anyone ever comments. Yeah, so. it does get bad. It, are you okay? Did you just freeze? Oh. You froze. Oh, I froze? So did you. That's weird. All right. Oh. I'm back now. Let me see if it's still recording. In pog form. In pog form. <laughs> okay. But um, so basically, like, I don't really understand how social media works or what we're supposed to do. So I try to, I try to ask questions that are get people engaged. You know, that'll make people want to. That's where we were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it's hard, you know, and it's, and it, it kind of starts to feel meaningless after a while. And it's, and if, and if people don't engage, mm-hmm. it, you ever notice? And I know we're, we're doing our, our ostrich head in the sand thing, so I don't want to get social. But I do want to <laughs> do want to make one point of if I make a post about something like that's artistic or like the podcast or comics or anything that's really important to me, it's it's mm. not necessarily crickets, but it's crickets, you know. <laughs> Whereas if I, it is, it, I mean, it's enough. To, it's enough to be t- like discouraging sometimes, you know. And I do have a couple of people who are always supportive, and I really like. 100% thankful always, you know. Um but but you know those people you you start to take it take them for granted unfortunately and be like I know mm. the three people who are going to appreciate this and everyone else will ignore it. However, if I post any opinion, any opinion at all, I'll get 50 comments, 100 comments, a bunch of people just arguing with each other mm. and talking to me or congratulating or whatever it is, just opinion-based stuff. You know, whereas it's like, that could be a freaking super hot take that it, like I took no time to come up with just some dumb <laughs> thing that I said in a funny, stupid way and people want to talk about it. But then if we take this comic book that I spent, you know, months making and I'm like, here's this thing that I made, please look at it. I beg of you. Nothing. Yeah. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yes. It's an unfortunate truth. It is. So, okay, so you wanted to kind of get the characters down and mm-hmm. like solidify them a little bit better. Did you get any, did you end up getting anything done this week? I did finish the concept for basically Tina's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just started working on the cover because honestly, I feel like the main character is going to be 90% of the art anyway. So right. I just decided to start like, you know, diving into it because yeah. I do have loose loose ideas of all the all the other characters yeah i can always detail them better when we get to the you know the panels where they're going to be introduced and then we can commit there once they're introduced but mm-hmm. like i said i you know i have i mean since they're all based off of loosely based off of pe- people in our own lives it's yeah. pretty it's pretty easy it's easy enough so, and you think you have the style down enough. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so so when you're wor- when you've been working on the cover have you I don't know. Have you just, do you dedicate time and sit down and just do it? Or do you, do you find it hard to do that? Or does any, do the kids? Yeah, my, <clears throat> my schedule is just way too chaotic to like actually have like dedicated moments in the week. So I still like pick these moments because having a two, well, it should be three, but having a two-year-old and a five-year-old, the f- like Cammie completely can like take care of herself at this point. She's very low maintenance, but Chase, I mean, she'll show interest in something at any given moment. And then that just takes away that entire moment, you know? Right. Um, and Tina's working, Tina works most evenings. So it's usually just me and the girls, you know, on school nights and stuff like that anyway. So um, I'm trying to get them in a better bed routine now, but we'll see how that works. I, I started at 6.30 and I finally had Chase done and tucked in by eight. 
Wow. So literally, they were in their bed at 6.30. Cammie passed out by about 7. Yeah. Chase was in and out of her room back and forth until like 8 o'clock. It's almost a full Lord of the Rings movie to get them to bed. Crazy. So you just like carve out little moments then before bed. Exactly. Around bedtime or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And I throw a pencil at one of them because they see me drawing. Of and course they wanna... they're interested. Of course. And of course I don't want to be a jerk. Like it's tough because like I need to like be focusing yeah. and kids kick. I mean like I'm in the middle and Chase is just belly flopping on me yes. and everything. So like, yeah. I mean, they, they don't understand that like that movement of the pencil in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah, they completely carve into this paper. But yeah, uh, yeah so I've been, it, it's tough, but I'm getting there. I'm definitely making progress. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of asked you this before we started recording, but I, we, we didn't talk about it. I wanted to, since we haven't really, we've introduced ourselves a little bit to people, but I wanted to see if you, re, do you remember how we met? So, like, when you and I actually finally met, okay, wait, it was wait. a different story, but when my group of friends encountered you in high yes. school. Okay, that's what I want that, to That moment, that that's mean moment where, where, the, where everyone was just mean, that's, that's the moment you want to recount? That's I want to recount this, because that's what I remember. But I was like, I don't remember the transition at all. I don't, I don't, like, I, I don't, don't either. I don't think there's ever been actually, a we should wait wait we should explain what happened because no one who's listening knows what we're talking about so so when anthony was in high school i mean we were at the peak of of the emo scene and he had the awesome swoop and we um, Tom, tommy me, <laughs> called him spock so like he looked like spock we didn't know who he was and he was quiet and he didn't talk to us so he was we were just we were the mean kids okay i don't know what you want me to say <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing you and, and Tommy and Mike and just, and you guys already had this like close relationship. So I, I felt kind of on the outside of it for a while, but then I don't even, I don't know where the transition is. When the group softened was the campsite for you because I think you started playing it guitar. And then like from there, it was just like more like, and Tommy, Tommy was always great about bridging friends yeah. anyway. Like once Tommy, once Tommy's on your side, everyone's going to love you because I mean, everyone loved Tommy. So like, I remember, like, once you started bringing your acoustic and hanging around, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, like, we started to mesh. Right. Obviously, like, we lost the talent show to you, so that was horrible. But, you know what? It, 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 we deserved it for calling you Spock. That was, like, our, that was, that was our payment. That was our, our penance, if you will. So, Stephen and our friend Mike and I have a, a band that, and we write concept songs that are, tie into another comic book idea that we're going to be working on in the future. So, mm-hmm. It was called City on Fire and then Absentee. Initially. And then yeah. now, now it's Come What May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like I like a lot of titles. I almost feel like it's like, it's like, it's stupid, but I almost feel like that's like our destiny comic. That's going to be the for one. Sure. Cause it's, been, it's just been festering for like decade, like a decade at this point, almost. I think. Yeah. To some, yeah to some I think yeah. in some, yeah, in some form it's been festering for like almost a decade. So yeah, that will come out eventually. Absolutely. I, we, we have some of the images from it in our intro video and, you know, mm-hmm. I posted a couple of pictures from it, but yeah, I think we're going to get to that. I think after this project, that's probably the next thing we should work on. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that kind of works. So I was, I wanted to talk about how traditionally I've always written stuff that was like really high concept, you know, high concept ideas where, um, there's some kind of supernatural element or like, you know, larger than life fantasy elements going on. Um, but there's always been some kind of 
subtext to it that I that I've you know kind of connected to as the, the mm. person writing it. Um, and you know, like I've done that with like I wrote a, a novel about a guy who dies. And he it's basically all about it's it well. How should I describe this to people? Um, so I wrote a novel <laughs> that's all about a guy who who gets broken up with and gets killed by a werewolf when he gets broken up with and he comes back as this undead monster. Um, and it's all, it's full of these monstery, silly hijinks and, you know, undead flesh eating monsters, but it's really about um, mourning the loss of a life that you thought you were going to live. And, you know, like what it's like to pull yourself back together after, you know, you're emotionally defeated, you know, after you're literally killed you know, or mm. your heart feels like it was killed, you know? Yeah, that version of he's dead forever, this new version, yeah. like, yeah. Exactly, you know, so I, I've always written things like that where it's more, it, I, I think part of it is the crutch of just like, I'm too afraid to just write about my life, you know, and just say, you know, because I don't want it to be boring or, or too, mm. or, you know, or like come across as too pretentious or whatever. And I think that you can get the same themes across and the same ideas um, and work through the same emotional, you know, journeys with mm -hmm. high concept monstery stuff and supernatural hero stuff and all that. So this idea still has some like high concept stuff with the time travel, but it's way closer than anything yeah, oh yeah. I've ever written before. But yeah, I don't know. So I've, I've been really nervous about this because We've all, like, I have always kind of hidden behind that veil of, you know, some other story. And I'm, you know, exposed. I feel so vulnerable and weird and exposed to just be like, this is my life. But, this is who I was, yeah. Yeah, this is who I was. It, you know, but the truth is, I think that's the best way to tell this particular story. Mm -hmm. You'll definitely be able to, like, <clears throat> empty out more of yourself, like, squeeze, like, almost like the, like, the last bits of toothpaste. Like, you'll just be able to roll out every last shred, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I you ever make something for Tina, or like draw something, or make mm -hmm. something, or like write a card? You ever write like a really nice note to someone? Mm -hmm. You ever write something and it kind of makes you well up while you're writing nice things mm -hmm. to someone? Yeah. You ever like? I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I've always I always kind of feel like if that emotion's coming out while I'm doing it, they're going to sense it more when they're you know when they receive it's almost it. like you're literally attaching the emotion to yeah the and it, like, you're imbuing it with some kind of power you know and and it's kind of always seemed to work out that way you know like whenever I've, I've noticed that i put a lot into a song that i've written for someone they seem like my ex would seem to respond to those songs really strongly mm -hmm. you know um whereas like songs that i'll write quickly or things that I'll just kind of do for fun like be goofy about they'll appreciate but you see that it's not that same like deep tether mm -hmm. of a response you know so I don't know so I think like this kind of idea um I'm it, I'm gonna do the whole uh what's his name? Hemingway said that writing is easy all you have to do is sit down and bleed <laughs> <True>. so <laughs> I think that's pretty much what I'm doing here is I'm just gonna sit down and just bleed <laughs> what happened and me Hemingway. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, it's my blood and my soul. What are you doing? I'm in this too. <laughs> I just imagine like his like spirit coming out of the book. It's like, ooh, Hemingway. <laughs> ooh, it came an extra spirit. It's good like, old Ernie H. <laughs> doing that. That new spirit smell. <laughs> uh, so how do you feel about drawing my life? Is it weird? That's, well, that's why I immediately, so here's the thing. When I was drawing the cover, 
I was like trying to do like this effect, like this part I haven't actually fine penciled yet. I just have like the, 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 you know, the blue lines, but I have like, you know, the, um, the horn of the record players, like right in your face for some reason, because that's just how it works. Hi, and, like, these, these vapors are coming out and like, it's going past you and, and it's like a swirl that goes up yeah. and in that swirl are like memories. So right. I had drawn like you and, you know, yeah. Voldemort holding each other. And then like, once it gets to the top, I drew like her pregnant. And then I was like, wait a second. I got to talk because I'm like starting to draw someone's like personal woe. Like it felt weird yeah. for a second. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I was like, ooh, I'm going to make him feel something by drawing this. And I'm not trying to do that. So I need to talk to him and see where his head's at and all of this, yeah. where he's feeling. Because I don't want to, you know, like it almost feels like I'm pirating like your, 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 your pain, basically. Right. It, felt, it felt really weird to express your pain through my art. It just felt really weird for a second. I love it. <laughs> Steal that pain. <laughs> Squeeze me. <laughs> like, I'm like, that Midler, is that who's in Hocus Pocus? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that pain <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, so I really, I have to do some thinking about, the children's situation because mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a strong um, there's a strong moment to be made with Atlas, of course, mm -hmm. because I ended up being a single dad mm -hmm. who has my child. She only has him every other week for two days, so I have him so much. You know, mm -hmm. I I have him I have him full time and. It's a, it, he's the biggest part of my life. He is, you know, a huge part of my life and he's a constant reminder of that relationship, but he's also the best thing to come from the relationship and mm -hmm. he's my favorite thing that I took with me. So let's, let's go to questions. So I asked people on Twitter and Facebook some questions. Um, we actually got some good responses too. We so got some, I was surprised by how many people actually asked those questions and I'm pretty thankful. Made us feel, made us feel loved. Yeah. Made me feel important today. <laughs> So uh, I asked a couple of days ago on Twitter and one of my favorite Twitter people asked me a couple of really good questions that I wanted to like run by you. Uh, her name is Holly Bun or on Twitter, it's at Obi underscore Bun, B-U-N-N underscore Kenobi, Obi Bun Kenobi. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. She's a really good artist. So uh, I, I won this comp like this weird contest that she was running before to draw characters and she actually drew Terry for me. Uh, That's from, awesome. from my comic yeah so she but without ever seeing him she just asked for description and i described him and she drew him really well like i'll if i get i should be able to find it i haven't stuff. seen that i'm excited to see that yeah it's really cool she did a great job and she's a really good artist i know she takes commissions and stuff but anyway she asked me these questions and i like them so the first one she asked was who is your dream collaborator aside from me <laughs> so aside from <laughs> us who would you love to to work with? If you could work with any artist or writer or whatever in the comic book industry, who would you, any artist or anyone? <clears throat> Rick Remender is like, he's probably, I'm probably gonna be saying him a lot for some of these questions. Yeah. But yeah, cause like, I feel like I was never into like the, 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 the variety of independent comics like you were into i was very mainstream with marvel mm -hmm. um i wouldn't even say i even delved that much into dc it was pretty much strictly marvel yeah. but i remember when i read uncanny x-force like that that i think it was like 36 issues or whatever yeah. but it was just like i loved it from like start to finish it was uh -huh. just beautiful and like i love the way he writes he'd be awesome i don't even think my pencils would be worthy of his writing though 
So, I mean, maybe I should dumb it down a little bit. Maybe I should pick someone else. But no, Rick Remender's pretty awesome. I think that'd be my dream. What's that? What was the joke that Deadpool said? Where it's like, uh, how do you kill a circus? Aim for the juggler? <laughs> Aim for the juggler, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I really, I uh, love I love when he's like, Archangel's like, what are you feeding me? And he's like cutting off pieces <laughs> of his own skin. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Uh, it, was a good it was a good run for sure. All right. Oh, for me, I would say um, if I was going to go with artists, I would say Mike Allred because I just, mm-hmm. I've always loved Mike Allred. Mike, uh, Mike Mignola, Hellboy. Mm-hmm. I love that style. Oh, it's so cool. Come here. Oh, it's happening. We have issues. We have issues. <laughs> Say hi, hi, Steven. Hi, Steven. How's it going, Atlas? Yeah, we're doing episode three. You want to be a part of it? All of the video with you. Yeah, all of it with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to watch the second movie? All right, give me a kiss. All right, go ahead. Say bye, Stephen. Good night. Bye, Stephen. Good night. Good night. <laughs> yep. Anyway. So, <laughs> wide awake. Wide. Wide awake. Did you just see that? Atlas is in the front row. Just hammer drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so... I would choose if I if I could work with any artist other than you, obviously, I would choose um Rob Schraub. Okay, so you ever read Scud? Or have I ever talked to you about Scud? You've talked to me about Scud. Assassin? That's what I'm saying. Like you, your comic history is just so much cooler than mine. I, well, to be fair, I think a lot of people would disagree. But <laughs> but I had like I had Gary, like Gary who just like fed me these indie comics and like made me fall in love with certain things, you know, and like not all of it stuck. A lot of it was just like Teflon or whatever, you know, but the ones that stuck were really important to me. You know, like mm-hmm. Batman, obviously, incredibly important to me. Uh, Scud, The Tick, you know, just some indie comics just just meant something to me. And it was actually, it was one of, um, I forget who asked it, but someone on Facebook asked, um, oh, I think it was my friend David. He asked, was there a specific book that changed the way you look at the comic book medium or like made you realize mm-hmm. like what it was capable of? You know, so, and like, for me, that was Madman. That's what, that's why I fell in love with Madman. Cause I was like, I only knew before reading Madman and Scud and stuff, I only knew the same like Marvel stuff too, but mm-hmm. mostly through the cartoon, like we talked about in the other episode. And for me, I, it was all only that high concept, crazy, like I have superpowers and I'm fighting the other guy with superpowers type of stuff. And then suddenly I read Madman and he's literally saying, um, I wish I could be a great hero. I wish I could be a great romantic figure, but there's sad truth is there's something very wrong with me and he's just like he's talking about how he has a crush on this girl but he feels too ugly and he you know and just like as someone who grew up feeling insecure and like having pimples and stuff and you know like that had a group of kids call them spock had a group of kids calling exactly <laughs> so so i felt you know so i felt i've always felt like an outsider you know that's that's probably why i you know attached myself to like it's punk music and you know and you know the genre of movies and always love horror movies and stuff you know, just like i felt like the outsider you, you start to identify with certain things and and you know it's a little it's a little ostracizing like alienating you know to, to feel like that sometimes but then i discover things like madman and it's just like i recognize i'm not the only one who is going through these things obviously i'm not like a snowflake you know like there are <laughs> other people who go through this stuff and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to have issues and just work through them you know mm-hmm. and you can do that in a way that's fun and also weird and unique and that's kind of mm-hmm. so i discovered that through 
through Madman, basically. And that's, no, so that's like, that's what made me really interested in comic books in general. So, Madman, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, what was you got the question? So go ahead and ask the next. Oh, is it, so do you like trying to remember? Do you have any? Do, oh, I can actually look. But do, do you have any comic books that you've seen aside? I mean, aside aside from the Uncanny X Force, do you have any comic books that you've seen that kind of solidified, you know, what a great comic is to you, or what the comic book medium does that no, nothing else can do? I feel like comics are able to explore like crazy out there ideas with while still somehow feeling grounded enough in the medium that it's in you know like um don't get me wrong there's movies that take it really far out there and like but those movies are always like few and far between and they're very notable when they do exist like oh this movie was so great but like movies just can't exist in that medium constantly you know like uh i feel like a comic book story can start with the most chaotic insane like you know imagery yeah and just end somewhere completely like crazy i mean like just think about like even like even marvel's plot lines half the time they're so convoluted like oh, they're yeah. just they're so like heavy and like mm-hmm. c- like c- containing so many elements that don't matter but they, they do matter if you're reading from issue one and like yeah. so like i mean like it's crazy like the thing it's crazy the things that comics can make seem important yes in their in their own universe and in their own story you know what I also really, I really, I also appreciate about comics um, is the fact that you can have two stories basically happening at once with the narration and the the dialogue. Movies mm-hmm. have to choose one or the other. You can't, you can't have someone be like, when I was a child, blah, 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 while people mm-hmm. are talking, but you can juxtapose like these amazing images with dialogue and narration it's almost like three things happening it's, at once. It's three really. separate ways of telling a story. Not to mention the fact that no other medium can as well uh, transcend time. You can at any point, and I'm really bad at this. I'm trying to get better. Uh, my, my comic books, when I, they tend to look like, uh, what do you call it? Storyboards for movies. Like I tend to just kind of write like beat by beat, you know, like what's happening. And, you know, the character has to tie his shoes. So going to bend yeah. down in this panel. Um, so I, I'm trying to not do that because I really do appreciate that in one panel, you can have a character who's a baby and the next panel, they can be dead, you know, and be like 85 years old. And, you know, like that's perfectly acceptable. You can see an entire life in two panels, whereas... Because between the narration, the dialogue, and then the imagery you're putting forth, you can... Exactly. You can comfortably you, transcend that time. Exactly. You can tether anything. And that's really interesting. You can also change perspective in a way that you can't with any other medium because... You, I mean, if we're watching a movie, we're almost always following the hero of the movie. They're in almost every shot in the movie or, you know, whatever it may be. Whereas in a comic book, you can at any time switch to anyone's perspective or any character or literally look at a fly on the wall just to make like a thematic point. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you want. Um, and there's also the amazing, like the, the thing that you're really good at, which is transcending the... Uh, the, the gutter space in comics where it's, you know, when things extend into the next panel to draw the eye, when mm. the, the guns flip in a way that also leads your eye to specific areas. And it's where, it's, yeah, where you can basically make the whole page, even though there's panels in the page, the whole page itself is the artwork. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's just the, the way that you can compartmentalize moments in time while having an overall like 
magnificent piece of art just in a whole page is amazing. It's phenomenal. And you can't really do that with anything else. If you, no matter what you do, you can, you can compose a beautiful shot as a filmmaker, but you're always kind of drawing the, the person's eye toward one thing or they're just kind of looking around everywhere. With comics, you can dedicate time to choosing where people's eyes go. And they might- And not to mention just the pace in which they can ingest the art. Exactly. You know, they they can can spend, you know, 10 minutes on one panel if they want to, or they can, you know, just read it quickly and see the pictures and let, because if you read it quick enough, it really does play out like a movie in your head anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I mean, I'm definitely guilty of having just overlooked art when the writing is good enough, where I'll just... Uncanny X-Force too. Uncanny Although, X-Force. I would always go back because I yep. mean, especially the, the early issues, I think, you know, um, they split up, I think around the teens, but like when the, when all three of them were working on it, yeah, right. it was artwork with the coloring with, uh. it's just so much. It's like, uh, what's his name? Alex Ross. You ever see Alex Ross paintings? Oh my, he's, he's ridiculous. So he did, he did this I'm sure he's done a lot of books. I don't know much about him. I just know that he's a fantastic, realistic painter. And he, he did this justice series and I was reading it and I, I just found myself going back and forth between not really caring what the story was about and then, or, cause I, I didn't want to ignore his paintings. So then I'm just staring at these paintings and just kind of, it was almost distracting because it was so good, you know? So, but I find myself either like ignoring the beautiful art and just reading the, the words or staring at the art and trying to, you know, appreciate mm-hmm. it. And just, it's so funny. <laughs> like, you can do so much with comics that I just really, 100%. I really love it. So I hope we answered that question. I think we did. I think we did. Even <laughs> more than they, I think they tuned out like. Sorry guys. Sentences in. And girls and people. Um, if you guys could travel to any era in history, uh, what era would you travel to and why? Um, I have always very expectedly, because everyone like romanticizes this era of, of time, but I love the medieval era. Like just the whole armor, sword, shield. I'm like nerd to a fault. Like yeah, when it comes want to bathe, Stephen. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can take a river bath once a week. I'm cool <laughs> with that. <laughs> But like, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just, I'm sure it wasn't nearly as glor- like as amazing as we make it seem now. I'm sure it was very horrible with all the, you know, the, the Black Death and, you know, kings and peasants and not eating well. But Steve, um, we're not supposed to be talking about social issues and you just mentioned <laughs> peasants and Black Death, <laughs> which we have issues with all of those right Currently, now. Currently. <laughs> I'm so bad. But yeah, like that, that's a... I don't know. That's a cool era. I've yeah. actually recently, and I know this is another expected one, but I've I'm I've recently been uh, peaked by Western, like the old like. I was I don't know why I don't know why I always thought this. Yeah, I'm just a dumb person, but I always thought like Western times was like. Okay, what I'm about to say doesn't make any sense, but like I thought it was like 1700s, but that doesn't make any sense because we didn't even start heading west until like late 1800s. Yeah. But but uh. So yeah, once I found out that it was like basically like, you know, like late 1890s, early yeah. 1900s, it blew my mind. Like, so all those epic stories of Billy the Kid and all this crazy stuff and outlaws and train robbing uh-huh. and all that stuff happened like not even 80 years before my, before I was born. Like, that's insane. Like to yeah. think about, you know, and that that's like definitely caught my interest. I don't know why I thought it was so far away, but I did. Like, how, how could we be fighting the Revolutionary War while Billy the Kid is all Why didn't Stephen put two and two together? I don't know. 
<laughs> have you seen uh, Deadwood? Mm-mm. Have you ever you ever watched Deadwood? This is this is a re- this is a recent infatuation of mine. So okay, um, have you discovered the spaghetti westerns yet? The Sergio mm-hmm. Leone Leone uh, now with Clint Eastwood. A few mm-hmm. dollars more, or well, mm-hmm. fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and the good, bad, and the ugly. No, all good. I mean, those are all like classics for sure. Yeah, we just need to go yeah, back. Yeah. To, what, what, John, what, what, what? John Carpenter's vampires. Oh man, John Carpenter. Cowboys. It was and vampires. Dude, the chains, like when they would. It was good. Drag, the beginning. There's a lot of good stuff in the that. The beginning movie. of it was great. That whole scene, if the whole movie was like the beginning of the movie, it would have been great. Same, mm-hmm. same thing. Another somewhat vampire movie, Van Helsing, if the mm-hmm. whole movie was like the beginning of the movie, it would have been awesome, right? Do you remember the beginning of Van Helsing? It was black and white scene. It looked like like this classic horror movie, but the effects were cool and it was like mm-hmm. Dracula and Frankenstein and it was so cool. It was so cool. Anyway, more vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I just brought up the vampire, uh, John Carpenter's vampires. Yeah. Because it's a, well, it's a great movie. Then, oh, man. Yeah, that movie's great. That was, great. that was a great movie. Okay, uh, Josh asked, what underrated, what underrated comic should be made into a movie? Mm. See, I feel like this is your question. I feel like, because like, I'm just like, all I got in my arsenal is like, okay, I've okay. read, but I, I mean, I know of characters. Yeah. So. Okay, but okay, how about this? What character from the TV shows or from the comics would you like to see in live action movie? Ooh, like an X-Men, even an X-Men yeah. character. That's what I'm thinking. But like, I feel like, well, no, they, they did do him some justice in the in Days of Future Past. But Quicksilver's always been, like, one of my favorite mutants. Yeah. But they, I, I feel like he's gotten fair screen time. Uh, who's a cool... I was going to say Nightcrawler, but, I mean, X2's Nightcrawler intro scene is probably one of the, the best early... Cool. One of the best early scenes ever shot. Yeah. Well, let me think other characters. Omega Red. I, I always thought Omega Red was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's very, you know, Cold War, Russia versus America themed. Did you villain, ever have... Did you ever have those little uh, metal figures when you were a kid? I had one that was Wolverine versus Omega Red. I remember. Mm-hmm. I, mean, that, I mean, I'm sure we all remember that amazing uh, artwork where it was like Wolverine completely wrapped in his tendrils mm-hmm. and Omega Red like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That really sick piece of art. But yeah, dude, Omega Red was cool looking. And he, he got, I think he was referenced in Deadpool 2, actually. Mm-hmm. He was in the prison. But yeah, he, he's a cool character that I don't think, I don't even know if they could really do him well, but it'd be cool to see, to see some of those like B-list villains, especially from the 90s. There were so many. Remember Cyber? No. When, when he had Cyber. The, I think he had, was it Carbonadium? Or did, I, I don't know. His arms were made of like a similar like adamantium-ish cool. metal also. And yeah, he was like just like a brawler and he was, he was like one of Wolverine's villains. He was pretty oh, cool too. Nice. Hmm. I don't know. I, okay. I think if I was going to choose, I'd probably go with Scud. Honestly, yeah. like Scud, I think Scud is like one of the coolest indie comic ideas that I've ever read as a kid. And mm-hmm. still I reread it as an adult. And I just enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, the whole, the whole concept is basically in the future. Um, there are vending machines where if you want to assassinate someone, you just put money into the machine and a robot comes out and you tell them who to kill. And after they kill that person, they assassinate the person, they explode, they self-destruct. So this, this factory, like, to kind of cut the story short, this, there's this crazy creature that's created and these people need to get, it, to get rid of the evidence of it. So they hire a scud, creature, a scud robot to go kill it. 
So as it's about to go kill this thing, it goes in the bathroom to like prepare and it sees on its back that there's a label and it reads like the robot reads the label and it says, you know, this uh, unit will self-destruct when it completes its mission. (laughs) And it realizes like, oh my gosh, if I, if I walk away and leave this thing to die, I'm going to explode. So he takes it to the hospital and puts it on life support. (laughs) He puts it on life support. But then he realizes that there's no one to pay the hospital bills, so he has to go and basically become this like hired hitman to pay the hospital bills for this crazy monster. <laughs> because if alive. he doesn't, he's gonna blow up. Oh yeah. man! So his own mortality is, or his his own life basically is completely tethered to the Ex- yeah this horrible being. Exactly. So so he's tethered to this thing, and then like the story goes crazy, and he ends up falling in love with someone, of course, and he ends up at one point he gets a, a werewolf arm, which is really funny, and it's just the whole thing is so outlandish that I think if if it was an animated film, it would be amazing. Like it would be it would it would be spectacular, honestly, just really great. Um, Get on it. Yeah, right. So we've answered a lot of questions. Uh, let me see. Let me let's do one more just in case. Um, Oh, I got it. The last one, Stephen. The last question. Of oh, course. and I've actually been racking my brain how I could possibly shorten it to three words, though. No, I mean, don't worry that... about that. I think let's just let's just go with this. Okay, so December, who is an amazing person who works on magazines and sets up shows locally <laughs> and does all these incredible things. Um, she asked this question. And she, she, okay. December wants to know the last time we pooped ourselves. When's the last time we crapped our pants? Um, or, or what's your best you pooped your pants story, Stephen? I thankfully only have a couple. Um, that you're willing to say. That I'm willing to say. No, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Honestly, I'm. Okay, so I wish I could remember this better because I'm trying to think why we would even even have been at such a fancy gala event. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I already love this. Um, at least it happened within the confines of the gala. But uh, I remember we were at this really nice house. I was probably, it was before Brandon. Okay. So I was probably like eight, eight or nine. Rachel and Sarah, mom and dad, we're at some really fancy house. I'll have to actually ask my mom just to see where it was. But, um, you know, we were saying our goodbyes at the end of the night, and, like, my stomach was turning so horribly. And, like, I had to go to the bathroom. But I don't know about – I'm sure. I'm not the only one in the world. Fun fact, my entire school career, not once. Mm-hmm. Not once did I, go, did I use the restroom for number two in my school career. But uh, I would stay home. But um, – <laughs> If there was even a hint, if I couldn't get it out before I had to go to school, that was just a, I missed a quarter of my scene. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, so we were leaving and the line, because it's a, it's a, it was like this big mansion house. So it was like, obviously there's bathrooms, but there's not like, you know, enough to house like a bunch of people. There was like a line for the bathroom. So I couldn't use the bathroom. So we get, <laughs> we get to the, the, my mom's minivan and we're all sitting there. I'm like, mom, can't hold it. Yeah. And she's like you have to we didn't even pull that vehicle out of park and i had to like lift myself off the chair and like i filled my pants i mean okay. like it wasn't like diarrhea like it was just like i filled them man like it was the worst experience of my entire life like i was just literally sitting on like 
what felt like pounds. It's so crazy. We have the same story, basically. It's not even fair. I can't follow that because my story is almost identical. But but that's amazing. So what happened? Did you drive home? Like so? Oh yeah, I just my mom and dad just drove me all the way home. I just had to sit. I just had to lay in my bed. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So got home, cleaned up. It was horrible though. I think I just threw everything away. I don't think I tried. Yeah, that was that was that was the last time. The only other time, like, it wasn't like a um, it wasn't like a number two situation. But I, I don't know. Like in retrospect, why didn't I just like go? Remember my old house, the garage house where we all used to hang out in the garage and have a blast. I don't know why, man, but I it was I probably had left your house or something at a time when I was hanging out because I I was coming home late at night and I had to pee so bad and like I was like running, running. I ran all the way to the door, okay, and I no. go. And my key is fumbling. I have to pee so bad. I can't, I can't, even, can't even think. I finally get the key in the lock. I turn it. I push open the door. And the chain lock was on. <laughs> and as soon, Anthony, as soon as the chain hit, I just went, uh, I just just right there. Because, like, I was so defeated in that moment. Like, my body was like, nope, you lose. Like, like. Oh, like, I didn't even bad. try to go to the bush or anything. I just oh. sat there. Literally just sat there with the door held open. Like, <laughs> just pee going down my leg. I'm like 20 years old at the time. Oh, oh pee in my pants as a grown man. That chain, oh, I'll never oh. forget. I was so mad. But anyways. That's amazing. Those, are my, those are my tales. That's amazing. So anyway, I'm not going to say mine. no okay mine mine's the same thing that's why like it sucks because i can't follow that okay so i had when i was eight years old when i was eight years old i was in football didn't want to be in football obviously i was way too built for the rest of the kids (laughs) um i was like it's not fair (laughs) no but i'm just like trucking these kids over like it's nothing so so i was like so it was one of those situations where i didn't really want to be there in the first place so I was like, I'm just going to shit myself and get out of it. That's not what happened. <laughs> so I was, so we're in the middle oh, of literally, not a bad idea. Yeah, that was not, not bad. Like, honestly. So if, but if we, we were in the middle of doing our like calisthenics, which constant, like we were doing, we're laying on our backs and lifting, doing leg lifts, like up, out, in, down, like doing this thing. And suddenly I just fought the rumble and I started getting up and my coach yelled at me. I was just like, get down, and like yelled at me. I was like, huh? So like, I'm scared, you know? So I lay down and I'm trying to do it. And I just feel it happening. Like I feel this grumble and rumble. I feel like, like it's coming. <laughs> something, something bad is coming. Like it's very, so the clouds are coming together. Um, the devil's whispering in my ear and I know what's about to happen. So I just, stand up and I run past him and I just like he just yells something at me and I run to my parents and I'm I'm just like where's the bathroom and they're like no no first of all they're like way over there (laughs) so so it's it's literally like it's across an entire field an entire parking lot we're nowhere close to it there was no bathroom in sight and i'm like i gotta go i gotta go I, like i went from zero to like i'm about to crap myself in like five seconds like i was oh. i was there you know that thing that happens as you get closer to a bathroom like as you get closer to the toilet your stomach yeah, your like, body expedites everything guess what's about to happen like you know like mm-hmm. yeah time to make the magic like mm-hmm. it's coming as you get closer to the toilet 
I felt like there was a, like, I just saw toilets everywhere. Like I was just like, it's happening. It's happening. So my parents threw me in the car. And as soon as like my, my dad closed his door and my door was still open. And I just did one of those. Like <laughs> in those football tights. In those football. Yep. In my, <sighs> in my tight football pants. And I just kind of held myself like that, you know, held myself. Stay, 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 yeah. Guess, uh, yeah. Cause you can't, I mean, I don't know if, I hope no one's experienced poop while there's there's no you know bowl underneath you but you have to create that bowl okay yeah yeah so so i just the whole time and my dad was like don't worry we're gonna get to the bathroom and i was just like that shit is still that is oh man I, I had to look at my dad in his face and be like he's like we're gonna get there buddy you're like yep we're <laughs> You might make it, Dad. I'm glad you believe in me this time. <laughs> oh, look, I did it. <laughs> well, that was a quick, that was a quick move. Yeah, I was in and out. I was all done. <laughs> like waddling like a penguin down the car. <laughs> it's already burning your skin. So, yeah, so that happened. So that was a whole thing. Um, the only other time that I came close to, to peeing myself was I was in the car with, with our friend Mike. <clears throat> and I remember, um, I had been. Who, by the way, Mike, if we ever have him as a guest oh, on the podcast, the has the best poop story. Yeah, he really does. I don't want. I, I won't mean, spoil it. I know we're, we're both- not going to take it from him. It's his story, and anyone that knows us knows Mike knows exactly the story we're talking. Oh, it's about. so good. Um, oh, so I was with our friend Mike, and I had been drinking, and Mike wasn't drinking that night because at the time Mike didn't really drink at all. Um, but I had been drinking pretty heavily. And we were just having fun. Like we just came from this like house party or whatever. And we were all young and he was on, like we were on our way to drop me off and I had to pee. (laughs) Like just, I had to pee so bad. Um, And it got to the point where I was just going to go in the car. Like I was just like, Mike, I have to go. I'm going to pee. This is it. This is happening right in front of you. I'm about to pee in front of you, Mike. And he, he immediately pulled off, but where he pulled off was a fire station. But of course, I didn't realize that at the time until my pants were, you know how. Oh, you know, did you have the butterfly yes. pants at the time? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, sorry. You need to clarify that. People are picturing like bedazzled butterfly jeans. That's all I'm talking about. No, hang on, hang on. You know how every four year old just pulls their pants all the way to their ankles? <laughs> That's what I did, my friends. <laughs> That's what I did that night. I had to go so bad that there was no time for pleasantries. There was no time for, yeah, no. I just threw my pants on the floor and just immediately started peeing on this trash can. Like one of those like large outdoor, you know, trash cans. I'm just imagining butters. (laughs) (laughs) But but here's the thing. Like, thankfully, I didn't pee on my pants because I threw them to the floor. Unfortunately, that exact second, a car turns down that street. And just slowly drives the speed limit as my pants are around my ankles and I'm being on a trash can. What's your name? You'll ride it up the wall. <laughs> so there was, there's just nothing I could do. I was just like, that's my butt. That's it. That's what it looks like. There's not much to it. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Whoops. Whoops. Oh. Okay, so very quickly, what do you have planned for next week? So for next week, I want to have the cover finished. So that way you can maybe even mess with colors on it. That would be awesome. I'd love to do that. Um, 
and honestly, let me think what else I could do. You could probably even send me the first page if you if you're comfortable yeah. enough with what you have so far. Yeah. Ooh, that'd so be I'm, cool. I can start working with, with I think so. Yeah. If you want, we can go over how you want um she who shall not be named to look. I kind of right. had that rendition of her in the in the sketchbook, but I gotta send you those too. I'll take pictures of those. Yeah, send me pictures of those and I'll put them up. Throughout. And you can just, and you can just kind of even write notes on them if you want, and then send them back to me like what you want changed. And stuff. Right. And then... I really like what you've had, so, like what you've shown me so far. It's been really good. Um, I'm going to, I'm gonna like I'm gonna try to break it into little chapters. So I'm gonna get the first chunk done this week as far as the narration, and I'm gonna try to get the first couple, at least two to three pages of like panel outline and uh, dialogue so you like give you something to work with mm -hmm. so that's my plan is to try to finish the chapter one of the narration and then first at least three pages what's like, the title i don't know yet okay i don't know yet i've been just yeah, I, I don't know either i've been calling it record player project so far like i i need a it's i mean rpp rpp yeah you done with rpp yeah you know me <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be here for five more seconds. Um, so, okay. So that's our plan for the next week. Um, Atlas is going to go with his mom uh, to Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'll have those t that time to work on work. it. Yeah. So unless, you know, uh, current love interests and such, you know, get it uh, too much, too out of hand, I should be fine. Like I should be able to get all that stuff done. Um, is there anything going on this week for you that you think might stop you? Uh, no, I do have – my mom's actually going to come over and hang out with the girls in the morning on Saturday so Tina and I can actually go do a breakfast date, which we, have, we haven't been able to do in a little while. So, so important. Then, and then Sunday, obviously, spend the first half of the day at church. But then um, I think Christina's going to take the girls. But once again, Tina and I will probably hang out. So. Right. But I should still have, like, evenings throughout the week to work yeah. on it, like tomorrow and then, like, uh, even Saturday evening and stuff like right. that. Right. Um, yeah, definitely don't neglect Tina for this. Mm, you know, no, that's yeah. The, yeah, that's the whole point. I'm feeling yeah. bad now. I'm going to go see her after we're done talking. That's yeah, no, tell her I love her and I'm sorry that I took so much of your time. <laughs> I but, uh, yeah, she's the best. And, but, yeah, that's part of it. Like, it's cool. It's, you know, I don't expect to always make my plan. You know, like, I know at, at times, like, Maybe I'll finish the narration, but I'll mess up the panels or only get one page done or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, the whole point is we're trying, right? Yeah. So, and we're yeah. getting work done. And the podcast is fun. So Yeah. I'm having fun talking. I'm glad you're enjoying it and, you know, people are starting to listen. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess we should tell people to please like and subscribe to our please. videos. I mean, even if you don't even, like, actually watch them, just subscribe, just so we have that count. Just so maybe we get more recognition. Basically, watch every second of the video. What are you mm -hmm. doing? <laughs> I don't Jump understand. around. We should timestamp, like, the good portions of it, too. Yeah, it's true. All of it. Like, All of it's good, Stephen. It's gold. Stories. The poop. Strictly the poop. Strictly the poop. The, 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 and then the occasional vampire. Like, what, what vampire movie were they talking about tonight? Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Like, that just happens naturally. <laughs> I, no, you're going to leave. Okay, so I'm dating I'm dating this girl, and she hasn't seen From Dust to Dawn yet. So she oh, hasn't. Man. So she hasn't. She doesn't. So she doesn't know the. She doesn't, she doesn't know, know the twist. She doesn't know. And oh, that's so good. Won't listen to episode it's so two. great. Oh, 
It's a bank robber movie for the first like 35 minutes. Exactly. She has no idea that it's a vampire movie. She hasn't listened to our second podcast yet. And I told her she can't because we kind of spoiled the fact that it's a vampire movie, obviously. <laughs> um, and she doesn't know that's like a motif. That's like a thing that we do on accident every episode. <laughs> um, because we didn't know until it happened. But, but yeah, so she doesn't know it's a vampire movie. And I'm so excited to watch From Dust Dawn with her. I, do, I, like, I love having someone to introduce that movie to who has never seen it, who doesn't know it's a vampire movie. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Oh, anyway, so have a good night with Tina. I had fun. I, I hope everyone subscribes and likes you know, our videos. We'll see. Yep. So I'll Absolutely. talk to you soon, and we'll definitely catch up again next week. All right, Anthony. Bye. All right. See you.